Welcome back again uh, to the Trekway. Ray's back bumps again. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're glad to have him here. Um, it's um, another review episode, but it's a pleasure for us to do this one. Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 3, called 17 Seconds. And as Gray has put here in massive, bold, coloured <laughs> highlights, directed by Jonathan Frakes, which I knew. And he also directs next week's episode as well. So that you reference. Ah. Mm. But he's in it a lot as well, so I'm like, sure. I hope you've. People always it. wonder. It's a, a it's a common question. Like when when people direct the episode, and they there's, star a, and there's another director. There is a director yeah, right. or a backup. They all think, well, how, always... do you, how do you direct yourself? You can't direct yourself. You can't. You go, you go to what? No, you go to the assistant or second director, as they call them. Exactly, and they're always there. So, um, right. and he's got to trust said second director, and obviously he has so. Right. Um, and, and I mean, I don't have a problem directing, but I want lots of Jonathan Frakes in these episodes because I love him. Sure. So but anyway, right. So Ray and I both love this episode. It just keeps improving. It's not perfect. There's mm-hmm. a couple of things we want to uh, touch upon. We will do. But just to get some of the blurb out of the way, um, you can catch us uh, on Twitter uh, at The Trekway and also on audio podcast platforms um, as well. Uh don't forget Grade's got his GGR show, entertainment show, Marvel, DC, superheroes, action. Everything. It's anything, really. It just had, that's, that's most of that stuff. Um, Everything and, in entertainment we can come up, come up with. Grey's Green Room on YouTube, on podcasts and platforms, and as well, so get check him out. And then also the gaming side of things, we're over with Nick and our friends and colleagues there at extremepcuk.podbean.com. You can get these Discord links in there. And then we're in there talking about entertainment and Star Trek and all, all that good stuff's in there. So, yeah, get it out of the way at the start, Greg, just for a, wee, a little yep. change. Right, we'll kick off. Uh, uh, as, as, as usual, please jump in whenever, Greg. Because uh, mm-hmm. Greg agrees with a lot of my notes, so he doesn't add much. He only had to correct my spelling twice this time, so I feel very... Oh, well, what's good about this is that you're writing, you're writing the bulk of the notes, and since I would write very similar, hey, it, you got all the work. <laughs> it works. It works. I mean, I was doing another uh, football soccer pod with a friend the other day, actually, great, and I was getting the dates wrong constantly. Instead of saying something like 1887, I would put 1987, because logically in my head, 1887, it's like way over there. So that is yeah, not there. a spelling mistake. That's just a cock-up, you know? So it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, anyway, right, so we'll kick off. Um, we're still in this bloody nebula, which is going to be a beef of mine. We started, we, 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 we started or ended last week's episode in the nebula, just going into it. Right. This whole episode, we're in the nebula, and it looks like at least the start of next week's episode will be in the bloody nebula. So one, one episode, one nebula special. That's just my opinion, Gray. I don't know if you agree yeah, or disagree with that. 
Yeah, I agree. I I was kind of waiting for them to figure out how they were going to get out of there or whatever, and it didn't seem to happen by the end of the episode. But but we digress. Yeah, and that's not a spoiler. It's not that they're still in there. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. they do try to get out. Uh, right. So it literally picks off where we left it uh, before. Um, and I put here fighting, stroke running. They weren't really fighting. They're very against fighting for obvious reasons. Actually, they are uh. trying to run away from it because they know it's geared. This ship is geared. They don't stand a chance. They have to try and get away. Um, I do like... I pick up little tidbits here, and so do you, Gray. Um, I put here in brackets that they can't see because the sensors, you know, there goes the sensors, Shaw says. And in this <laughs> modern day and age, how can they not? Starfleet and their advanced technology. Come on, Janeway brought back transphasic bloody torpedoes and shields, and we don't have sensors for nebulous, Gray. What's that about, man? I don't know. The, the the only thing I can think of is that story. Uh, oh. And I'm and, and of course I'm not a writer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save the writers right now. I'm gonna say that there's so many different type of nebula, just like there's billions and billions of planets through the galaxy that you can't really make a good sensor to work with every single type yeah. of nebula you're gonna come in contact with, and that's feasible. I mean, there there's so many kinds out there, so many different things made up of yeah. so many different chemicals and blah 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 blah. So they could easily just go like, well, you know, we can we can use our sensors on the such and such nebula, but not on this one. Yeah. So and it's a story thing as well, isn't it, Gray? Yeah. And, and you're right. There is lots of stuff in nebulas, including coffee as well, according according to Admiral Jane or Captain Jane at the time. And say that there'd be coffee in that nebula. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the sensors go. They can't say. They can't see hee haw, as they say in Scotland. They can't see nothing. So mm-hmm. Shaw tells him to go and look out the window. I love that. I love that. It's just so simple, man. Literally, you see officers posted at different windows. Like, yeah, all looking out. Yeah, <laughs> genius. Like they never done that. Yeah, before I knew there was trip. a reason they made those besides just you know, looking at the stars. The best invention of Starfleet. Well, actually, no, it's an old invention, but you get the drift. Genius. Well done. I love that. That's the simple stuff that Gray and I talk about. Where it's one small, quick thing said or done. That makes it make sense and not ruin. Right. Well, not ruin to take the points off the episode. Right. Yes, they're staring out looking for this. Um, the Titan goes deeper, deeper into the nebula because the Shrike is chasing after it at this stage here and firing torpedoes at it. And that's where you see the shot, Gray, from the the trailer where the it's a base mm. of maneuvers. Basically, it's doing a roly poly, as we call it in in the UK. Right. It's doing a roly poly. It's doing a barrel roll. So the torpedoes don't hit it. And I note that the strikes torpedoes make a weird noise. Cool. But I like that they differentiate them from Starfleet by different sound effects for different weapons. Right. So this thing's a beast anyway. So into the debula, the goal. Um, we have a little cool scene. I, and I, I, uh, I think Grey loved this part as well. We have a little scene where we're in the past. It doesn't say when in the past, nor did it. I don't recall. No, don't. It's just no, said it in the past. Yeah, yeah. There's a younger Picard and Riker toasting uh, Admiral Picard and Captain Riker still at the time toasting Riker's newly born son, Thaddeus. I think his name is. Um, and he's he, Riker's basically talking about how he thought he might lose his son, and they don't say why. He just recall, He just says to Picard that 
literally it takes you 17 seconds to get from the bridge of the titan the original titan or the titan before the one he's in to sickbay and he seems it seems like an eternity and everything's going through your mind and hence the title of the episode 17 seconds uh now great your opinion on how the gentleman looked in this I thought at first it might be de-aging technology like they've used in Marvel, but I reckon they've just used makeup and it's only set 10 years in the past, 20 years in the past at a push. No, maybe 10 because yeah, he's after, Captain... After, well, it's Captain after Tech. Nemesis. Yeah. So, yeah. I was trying to look really close to see whether I could see anything. Because <laughs> sometimes with CGI, you can see like little whatevers. I didn't notice a change, so I'm going to lean on the on the makeup. It could be wrong. We'll we'll find out eventually. But I think I'm leaning on the makeup. They just kind of, you know, yeah. put on enough and colored Riker's hair brown, and et cetera, and they got away with it. <laughs> they, did, they did. I mean, they they really didn't have to play the the scene that long. So really, you know, why yeah. spend the CGI? That the the agent tech is expensive to use in uh, Hollywood, so it's millions to use. So you don't use it unless you have to. No, Gray's right. It does does take place after the last movies because. Uh, he's the captain of the Titan at the time, Riker. So this happened 10 to 15 years prior. Te- you know, no no more than that, probably less. So it is possible that he just looks a bit sharper, which they do in this episode, a little bit sharper. Um, sure. I, I loved the scene, Gray. I loved seeing the two of them sitting there getting pissed. And they were getting pissed in those synth hall. Scotty would be proud of them. And by the way, pissed in, over in the UK means you're getting drunk. Over here, it means you're mad at each other. <laughs> Context though, context. So if I'm, say, if I'm if I'm saying he is pissed, oh, actually that's the true. Actually, I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> context says something, but he is right. Um, it means that here as well, I guess. Yeah, they were getting. Believe me, before I, before I hung around with a lot of you guys, and I heard that expression, I'm going like, Who's Why is he mad? What have I done? What are you talking about? What's he mad at? You know, and then I go, Oh, well, that's what it means. Okay. So if I'm saying they're getting pissed, eh, yeah, could stop. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway, right. So yes, they, they are getting a bit tipsy and a bit drunk and it is proper booze, you know. This sent the whole stuff is we've got zero percent beer right now. That's fine, that's acceptable in the future, <laughs> but we want the proper stuff as well. Um and he's basically talking about maybe losing his son, but his son's okay. Um and then there's a nice little hollow appearance from Marina Surtis, aka Deanna Troy. Um, we will see her again in this episode, uh, this season, but you know, it's the first thing sure. we see her, and she's basically like talking about her little baby thrown up everywhere, all over engineering, four feet in the air, apparently. Um, and um, and we, we see a Riker apologizing to his Zaddy, um, saying, Listen, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll be right there, and then he just basically kind of leaves. But then you see a look in Admiral Bacar's face, like. Here's what he could have had. He didn't know this at the time. Like he's not got the kids and whatnot. He looks a bit sad. Did you read that, Gray, as well? That he looked a bit sad that he doesn't have yeah. any kiddies, yeah. yeah. I think so. By the way, before the, the sad scene, I, I like the part where um uh Deanna Troy knew they were drinking whiskey and he was she was, she was complaining. Oh yeah. Whiskey, yeah. You're, having, whiskey. you're having fun. And then at the very end, before she she says goodbye on the uh, she goes, Bring the whiskey. <laughs> I thought that was great. I was like, okay. I was amused by that as well, and that's whiskey without any. That's just because on that. Um, it we it is take it is kind of giving an idea of how things happened after Nemesis's grey notes here because you see Riker's uniform is very similar, yeah. if not identical, to what they wore, which I like. I like that purple uniform. I liked the red as well, but see when they moved on to purple, 
I just yeah. liked it. It seemed the more se- senior. Um, I don't like anything yeah, it's a, after it's that. It's a nice blending color. It looks good. Yeah. So it was a nice little thing in the past. Um, but then we move back to the present again. Now we get some backstory. And uh, this bloody nebula doesn't seem to be what it's all cracked up to be. Um, is the, they make some comments about biological readings and whatnot. So I'm thinking straight away it's that thing from Voyager that starts trying to digest Voyager. This cloud <laughs> organism thing. They don't know what it is, but maybe we'll get a better idea later on. Hang around in April for ages. Um, I think I know what's going to happen, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, if you think you know when we come to the time, just let me know, of course. We want yeah. theories here. Um, we get a nice... We, we're in Seven of Nine's quarters now. Uh, sorry, Commander Anakin Hansen. Um, and we see a little nice miniature, a little model of Voyager. I love little touch. That of course, silver looking thing. Um, yep. Uh, and then suddenly, Forge basically comes to Seven's um, quarters and gives her some kind of speech, which Seven accuses her of rehearsing, basically saying, like, what was she saying, Gray? I'll, I'll let you basically the story about her, her old man and having friends, and he managed to do it. Right, she, she was trying. Like, she was trying to relate to Seven about the fact that she's always living in Jordy LaForge's shadow because Jordy LaForge is one of the greatest engineers yeah. Starfleet ever had next to Scotty. And uh, and then she, um, you know, she said, so, you know, imagine living under that. So especially since I didn't really go into engineering, right? I went into flying the ship and stuff. And so all I hear about is, you know, oh, you got there because of father. So she was basically sympathizing with some of the garbage that, sevens you know had to put up with and stuff especially under captain shaw and it was kind of interesting is when she went to say goodbye you notice she said goodbye seven commander yes. seven yes and there was a little wry smile from seven wasn't there like yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was a nice that was cute a little, nice that. little touch see what good writing can do but see it's this amazing. is they res- the crew respects seven to nine shaw not so much but they definitely respect Seven a lot more because she's got their back. And you get that with commanders and their crew, don't you? It's like you don't always sure. speak to the captain. Your number one looks after the crew a lot more than the captain ever did so or does. Um, she could be a captain maybe at the end of the series. Hmm. I wouldn't say no against it. It just seems really quick. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I, 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 wouldn't we'll complain. I wouldn't complain. Um, so we then go to Sickbay on the Titan and Beverly's doing her thing. Doctor at the end of the day. Um, and the doctor on board the Titan at the time is a Dr. Oak. And she's basically doing the whole listen, Dr. Crusher, thanks, but no thanks. Yep. It's going to It's t- been twenty years. You might not know this stuff. But yeah. And and she's just like, Hold my beer, some stuff you get, you know. Um, right. I am a doctor after all. Yeah. Uh... And and she keeps <laughs> she keeps continuing on doing her thing. And I noted here that I like to see things like what what the up to date tech looks like. So the medical tricorder doesn't look like surprise, surprise. The next generation, big, bulky, chunky piece of crap. Which I'm not knocking. Yeah. That was the '80s. That's fine. I understand that. But it's up to date now. It's thin. Um, you know, I don't know. They think about it. It's from what I remember, from what I saw, it was actually more of an updated version of what they used in um, the original series. Because the original series, bones held. Uh, the bigger piece in his hand, and then he had the little piece that spun around like, yeah, and he used to go like this, right? Yeah, and it would be 
sending the data. Well, she had a bigger thing in her hand, but the little thing in her hand, all it was is like very, very skinny with a light on the end of it. Yeah. yeah. So it was very res- reminiscent of TOS, except an updated version of it. Why'd you even need that? I mean, seriously, advanced medical tricorders, and you still need a little separate blinky thing instead of just well, holding my, it up and doing this. My reasoning, I think, is the fact that it's More almost kind of like, um, yeah, exactly. You want to get close. Right. So you don't want this big bulky thing to go like this. It's kind of whole like area. Being, right. Yeah. Now you can get down to the minute little whatevers, yeah. you know, and stuff. Yeah. More doctor looking, let's put it that way. Good for good enough for her. Good enough for Doctor Who as well. Great doesn't watch. Yeah, there you go. So he's a doctor. (laughs) A doctor (laughs) or something. Um, There's then yeah, this is the bit I knew would come, and I was looking forward to it because it was acted superbly well. I thought great. There's the awkward, inevitable conversation that was going to come between Picard and Beverly, and notice how they're like two or three med beds apart. They're not beside sure. each other. They're like this apart, leaning against the med beds, talking to each other. because um, yeah, Picard's oh, pissed. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't know whether to cuddle or tell where to go. Um, right. So it seems to be the short version of the the story. It seems to be that uh, she got knocked up while they're on shore leave, still serving on Enterprise. E, naughty, naughty, fraternizing with superior senior officers. But you know, it is what it is. They were always flirting. Mm-hmm always flirting on TNG in the movies, so makes sense. Um, Picard's understandably pissed off that he wasn't told that his son was a, a, about. Now, it makes sense. She was looking after her son because he knew that Picard would always have a target in his back and that her son would risk being killed because of all the stuff that Picard got up to. Yeah. And it's a, it's a point, it's a valid point, I think Picard's point is kind of leading that conversation was, didn't I deserve a chance, Gray? And right, she, and she I, said, I should have been part of the choice. Yeah. yeah. She, gave some the, she gave her son the choice. She's like, go and speak to your old man. But he wasn't interested in speaking to his old man, which I found surprising. Why would you think that is? That's... You, what... I don't know. There must be, there must be something more deep-rooted. Or, or maybe it was just because he knew he couldn't leave his mom, so he, wasn't gonna, he just wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Look after you know, him. I, I, I don't know. Foremost. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Um, but she made, it was interesting is they both made very good points. So it wasn't like you were totally agreeing with either one of them. Yeah, I didn't take a side. Yeah. And that's because like, she was saying, like, you know, well, she pointed out like five different times that Picard almost got killed uh, after they had broken up 20 years ago. And she to use as an example. And he's going like, you know, see, I mean, I, I couldn't take that chance, you know, and stuff. So right, wrong or indifferent, you can kind of understand both sides. Yeah, and because yeah, it was yeah. and because it was so well acted and everything, it really, really sunk in. It was got, and was an emotional uh, scene. I said that at the start of this section here. I said it was superbly acted. Then of Red Gray's comment at the very end, going tense, well written, acted scene. It was, and I'm thinking, here is Jean Luc Picard. This is Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart's a fantastic actor. He should have done more in in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but Star Trek took him away for a long time, which we're grateful for. He's uh, he's done theatre and everything. And if you're a classically trained theatre actor, you are usually by default a superb actor. And in previous seasons of Picard, he was this frail old crap man. And Greg and I discussed this in the first couple of episodes of the third season. Mm-hmm. But now Jean-Luc's back, baby. And, and, and Patrick Stewart is back. I didn't blame Patrick Stewart before. 
I blamed the story, the directing for making this frail old crap man, but he's back, isn't he? Definitely, for me. Yeah, I mean, he's it, it's more believable now because is he running around like a young man? No, but is he acting more like himself? Yes. So that that's what makes the difference. Exactly. You can now you can accept the fact that he's older. But he's still got that spark. Whereas before he was old and there wasn't a spark. <laughs> there was nothing. Nothing, man. Not even a positronic yeah. part. Um but yeah, so it was it was well done. All I want to know was I mean, surely in the twenty fourth century contraceptives are way, way, way better than they are now. Come on, Jean Luc, behave yourself. <laughs> Come on. I know things it just happen. shows you can still make a mistake. <laughs> we're not going to describe how the birds and bees are people especially with their kiddies listening but you know things happen it happens you know anyway That's moving it. on yeah. quickly very fastly warped in um <laughs> we then we then have uh i love this bit this is amusing jonathan frakes i almost like him more than patrick stewart uh that's how much i'm a big fan of him fantastic actor director comedian you name it um, he's having a conversation with Jack out in the, the hallway. Um, he t- basically takes him away so that the adults can talk. And Jack's pacing up and down, man. I, you know, I thought it was going to be a comment of wearing the bulkheads out. And what's Rick, Gray, what's Riker doing this whole time? He's just basically watching him with a smile he walks, in his yeah. face. Going... He does it on purpose to be annoying. He's going like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's like, there's no bulkheads left. What are you doing, man? And then Jack's like, would you stop that, man? <laughs> would you stop doing that? And yeah. he basically, he's just, Riker's just saying to him, listen, kid, I've spent basically the last couple of decades watching you get cooked up. Literally, you know, the romance between uh, between Picard and Beverly. And he's got a point. He, he basically did see that happening and he's not really, really, really surprised. And he's just trying to give him a bit of advice and whatnot. It wasn't a significant scene. Um, it was just to break the ice. Uh, and he does, yeah. Riker does mention at one point when uh, Jack say, uh, calls him, he says, listen, Riker, or something along those lines. And Riker went, well, you could start by trying to call me captain. That would be nice. Feel free to call me captain, which is nice. He's a stickler for that, <laughs> isn't he, man? He's like, I'm captain. Call me yeah. captain. But he's not yeah, part of... Yeah, you work hard not, at it. You deserve to. He's not part of Starfleet, so he's allowed to call him Riker. But, you know, he's got to stick it to the guy. <laughs> or Mr. Riker, because be nice and formal. Yeah, you true. Know? Manners cost nothing, people, you know? So I like that. Small yeah. little scene, not significant... It broke the ice nicely before we kind of we moved on. So, and Gray was a Gray was a big fan of this scene as well. He writes down. So, happy days. Um, now we started off near the, end, the start of this episode talking about such a small writing design choice of using actual windows in a, star, in a starship, and that that made a difference. Um, you actually see one of the crewmen see the strike coming up from behind. And it, she was a bit tongue-tied. Like, uh, uh, bridge, uh, uh, the ship's bloody yeah. here, you know, like it's yeah, here. there it is. Uh, and I like that. Like, it's like you're a bit nervous, you're a bit tongue-tied. A little small thing, it makes it more believable, you know. Yeah. So big fan of that. Um, the Titan is now literally finally, not saying that in a happy kind of way, getting smashed a little bit. Actually, uh, the the strike is smashing it with its superb type, defiant type phasers. They're almost like big long pulses. Um, yep. 
people are going flying on the bridge. I knew this would probably happen, Gray. Shaw gets badly injured, and to be fair, he took a proper header. He went up flying. Yeah. Like, you know that traditional thing always happens in the Starship. You get launched up and down, and you smash into something. <laughs> And the common uh, the, the the common comment to that going all the way back to TOS is don't they have seatbelts? They did, <laughs> but that was a joke in what was that a joke in? Uh one of the movies about I'm sure. Yeah, I mean it was something a... to strap them in. I mean, you know, it's like you go on carnival rides, you have something to strap in. I mean, of course you can't do that because it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But it is kind of funny when you think about it. Like, don't they have something like that? I mean, come on. It's called bloody seatbelts. Yeah, that was a joke in one of the TNG movies. I can't remember what one it was. It didn't last too long. Yeah. Not practical for it. But yes, no seatbelts. So Shaw is badly injured. Um, and he stands up and he basically says to Riker, you know, you got us into this. You get us out of it. And he, he transfers his command temporarily at least over to Riker um, while he gets carried to sickbay because the man is busted up pretty good. Uh, so... He did know this is this is a bit here I need your input from Gray. Maybe I misheard. Did he say transfer command of the Titan to Captain William Riker Proton? I, I there was a word yeah. at the end of that. Did you hear that? I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to it again, but you're right, because when I first heard I'm going like What? What is he what is he trying to say? This, is this his the only, thing can, the only thing I can think of is um if, I could be wrong about that this, but I believe there's a word called pro temp. Which means you're temporary for now. So ah. maybe he was trying to say that. And I'm not sure. In fact, I'll be weird what is it? Is it pro- really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you can tell me the spelling of it as well. Because I don't know what's it pronounced and how is it spelled. I mean, I, and I don't know if it's, if it's pronounced that way, nor do I know if it's, if it's done. Theory. You know, right. Um, I mean, I, of course, all I'm coming up with is... Uh, you know, the pro temp meaning like you're hired by pro a temporary temp, service and you get, and you become right. permanent. Right. Yeah. So right. I think it might be it. Other yeah. than that, then I don't I don't know what the he, hell he's he doesn't have a that's secret name. It. He doesn't I'm not aware he doesn't have his own version of Tiberius or something. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um I was surprised he was even spitting that out. The dude's coughing up blood and he's sitting there going like computer oh, what well, <laughs> go ahead and make right your captain. It gets worse <laughs> later. I I think he was just in the position there. But to be fair he has to transfer over powers. Surely Titan, uh, surely Riker has some things he can do as a captain with the Titan without that being done. Probably does, yeah, but, that may, but not that the may just suite be, of powers. Right. There may just be certain protocols for, to prevent, you know, people easily taking over or whatever. You know, there's reasons a lot of times. Right. Which for, which is fine. Um, and then they carted him off to sickbay, obviously, because he wasn't doing too good. <laughs> he wasn't doing too good. Great. Do you want to tell the people why... Uh, Riker and Picard still have it with the next scene and how they managed to temporarily blind the strike. I thought this bit was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. I, I was, it was nice to see something a wee bit different than what we've seen before. And it was, it was funny because Riker's talking to Picard and Picard's automatically picking up on what he's saying almost before he says it. Mm. And basically he just said, fire torpedo, but just before it hits, hit it with a phaser so when it blows up, it causes a, a mass explosion that'll basically, you know, rock their ship at least temporarily. Yeah. Um, good, good, good idea. I mean, it was a shockwave, basically. It temporarily blinded them, didn't it, and knocked the strike back, right. which I liked. And you can see Picard was already firing, like even halfway through what Riker was trying to tell him, he's going like firing, and then boop. <laughs> which is interesting because from his panel, and I suppose you can do this. It's more, I guess, of an. I don't know if you call it an override, but he, they could have commanded somebody at the 
you know, on the helm to do it like they're supposed to. Yeah, but they are in sync with each other as officers and friends. Right, right. So they have a, they have their own command at their chair, and obviously, so he went ahead and did it. But that was pretty cool. Then you see the strike go, wow. What was the line after? The lines after that were absolutely bloody hilarious. Remember oh, that? yeah, this is a very, very, very cool maneuver, right? No, no, no. He's, oh, no, after yeah. that. But I'm calling yeah. him number one. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. He goes, well, you have to start calling me number one. Yeah, it's going like that. That's cool. It was, yeah, it was which is right. I mean, technically, that's correct. It was like, "Thank you, Jean Luc." I was yep. like, "Well, I think it might be time that you call me number one with a rice smell." He's like, "That's that's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Well yeah, done, Terry." I don't think he wrote this episode, but still, well done. Another great scene. Yep. Well done. Yep. Now, yep. Rafi's up next. I'm sorry, people. We have to our talk favorite. about. Her. I know Rafaela. All right, let me let me, let me back let me back up. All I right. think that that the actress, the character, the actress, Bill Hurd is fine. Raf, in this scene that we're going to talk about, actually did a better job. But I think there's a reason she did a better job, and that's because yeah. sometimes when you when you have a a great actor to act off of, it brings your game up. Um, in fact, if you go back to Ratha Khan, a lot of the cast members said that Ricardo Montalban, being such a seasoned veteran of stage and everything, right? The guy's done so much stuff. He actually lifted all their performances up. Every one of them admitted that on the cast. So very similar to this, where you have Michael Dorn is appearing as Worf with Rafi. And I am seeing a definite difference in the yeah. acting performance when she's acting off of Worf as opposed to when she's acting on herself, or yeah. you know, by herself. So, yeah. Dead on. Dead on. Mate. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. The, it looks like it's going to work really well as Worf and Rafi being like teammates and yeah. kind of doing this together. It, they, they suit each other, they complement each other pretty well. Um, and let's say he calls her Ra- Raffaella, uh, which just makes, th- makes makes her sound like one of the turtles, which was fucking hilarious. Ra- so, Raffaella. <laughs> yeah, but Raffaella is the female version, so she's a female yeah. turtle. Um, so she wakes up, she's a bit drowsy, she's back in the La Serena, uh, and she hears like classic music coming. She's Grabs her phaser gun thing, goes out to try and sneak up Worf, and I'm like, I knew straight away how this is going to play before it happened, Gray. She goes yep. up with a phaser, but then Worf knows she, Worf is doing his backlit training, you know, the, all that. But he knows she's coming from behind, so he, he like throws a dagger back near her feet to ward her off, and then he basically just turns around, grabs the gun off, and disarms her, and she's like, uh, what? what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, my boy Worf, do not mess with a veteran Worf kiss. Yep. She pulls that knife out, throws it down, distracts her. For the second <sighs> that second she's distracted, just grabs her gun, <laughs> turns it on her, you were saying? Yeah. <laughs> but you... the best line the best line on that whole scene, yep. though, because it was great, was at the very end, he, 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 start, well, he starts to go into his whole spiel about who he is, because she's going like, who are you? She's never seen Worf before, right? So Worf is going like, I am uh, Worf, son of Moog, slayer of Gowrath, uh, uh, bane to the Duras sisters. Da, 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 da. He is all, <laughs> all this stuff that he is, which is what the Klingons always do anyway. So he's going blah, 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 all these things. And then she's like, oh, my freaking God, this is the Worf, but, the, the Worf. <laughs> but after that line, he doesn't take a breath. I'm pretty sure, does he not go right? He doesn't, no, Gowrath, he doesn't take a breath at all. Slayer of Gollum, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then straight on to, would you like any sugar with your tea? <laughs> Right, I just made some chamomile tea. But you like sugar with that? He's made chamomile tea. I was like, it was so good. And she's just like, uh, and then she's putting two and two together and goes, "This can't be the real wet legend wharf." 
you're 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 Worf, the legend. You're, you're you're a legend. <laughs> That's Mike, Michael Dorn has still got it, guys. And I I sent yeah. a little uh, video clip on to uh, Gray the Shuttle Pod uh, podcast, where there's a couple of ex Star Star Trek Enterprise veterans on that, and they were interviewing the guy, and he's like seventy, and he still looks fucking great, man. Like. Pfft. Respect. He's a little. He's a, he's a, he doesn't look bad, but he is a little thinner. You can even tell uh, when they show, showed him his wharf. You could tell he was he was a little thinner than uh, you know than the uh, like when he was the next generation. Not bad. True. Not bad. True. Healthy. Just, healthy. Uh, he's not unhealthy. Thin. You know. So yeah. Healthy. Thinner. Not thin. Thin. Yeah. He doesn't want know. to be like Gowron, like a big guy, big fat clown. He needs to be nimble for the the old battle training. You know. That's right, man. Um. So listen. Uh, it turns out they're going to be working together because they're talking about. Um, what's what? Um, and they've got an idea of you know who might be responsible for this. I don't recall the guy's name. He's irrelevant until you find out who he really is. Um, so right, they're questioning this guy because he's supposed to know more of what's going on and what's the bigger picture, which is really what they've been trying to do. What is the bigger picture? But well, we haven't got that bit yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. That's he's a r- teaser for later. He's not wrong. <laughs> we definitely do get in that, and that, that's that's brilliant. That, but I was tempted to write up all in the one go, but I've decided to go like timeline wise. Um, sure. But yeah, so we go between those scenes quite a bit between Rafi and Worf yeah, and the time again. The different plot lines, yeah. which keeps it interesting. Uh, now, this is the first time I actually start to feel a little bit bad for Shaw. The guy is literally dying now in, in sick bay, uh, internal bleeding. Uh, Beverly of all people actually comes to the rescue. You know, Doctor Oaks. Well, well, I, Beverly first of all was like, you know, you're struggling to breathe, Sean. And he's like, and then he, he she touches yeah. like certain pressure points, and it, does this heart is that ah right? It's internal bleeding. Doctor Oaks like we've already scanned him, and then I'm like, of course no, I'm not. She scanned him maybe a few minutes ago or five minutes ago, but he could have started bleeding between that scan and now, which is what I picked up on. And she knows that without a scan. Beverly knows that. So I'm like... Well, the thing well I done. really liked about that scene was is that it showed that doctors uh, today, and even then, and this is what's nice, know what they're feeling when they touch it. When they touch the organs in your body from the outside, they know, they, they understand, they know. And I was, liking, I was like seeing the old tech you know, style yep. where she was actually physically touching him no, ouch, you know, this hurts, that doesn't hurt. And she immediately knew what it was without anything. Yep. And that's that's what Proper every doctor. doctor should know. No matter, Right. A Even if you're doctor. in the future. Do not rely on technology what alone. Right. right. What if you didn't have your stuff? You just yep. sit there and go like, oh, man, I can't do anything. Yeah. Agreed. Good yeah. point. Very good point. And that's why, because she's got years on this Dr. Oak. Nothing wrong with Dr. Oak. Sure. I'm sure she's qualified, but Beverly's got years and experience, which you can't really teach someone yep. to well done, Beverly. You are a doctor, so I'm glad you're doing your thing. She, I'm assuming, saved his life. We don't know. They they, they do enough to kind of stabilize yeah, him. Yeah. You know, so I assume he's okay. Uh, but then at the same time, Jack's helping out our, uh, our mum, uh, his mum and the doctor. And uh, Shaw actually is basically saying, while he's just about stopped from dying, to Jack, like, they keep finding us. They keep. How do they keep? How finding the hell us? they find us? Yeah. How how? And this whole time, and then Jack's like, he starts looking at the blood, the trail of blood from Shaw, and then I think the light bulb comes on here, like breadcrumbs, and that makes them think how they get because every seventeen, well, no, it's not every seventeen seconds. That's the title of the episode. Every <laughs> so often, they know where they're going to be because of they're getting tracked. So 
Gak's like, okay, genius, let's do something with this. Um, now, we talked a bit before about this nebula. Um, it is definitely more of an anomaly as they soon discover just because of the biological readings and the flashes of light doesn't act quite like a normal nebula. Um, Ray thinks it's a life form. Um, as a well, good point, it could be, I'm, but... Here's what know. I'm thinking now. And I'm going to remind us because we, I want to... We should do the rest of the episode, but remind me to come back on this because that's what I'm. I think I know what's going to happen, or it'd be cool to see if it happens the way I think it will. Maybe it won't. You mean well, well, okay, because it might. I don't want to blow the rest of the review. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, we'll come back course, to it. Of course, right. Well, remember, one of us will remember that, right? Okay. Now, yep. This is bloody awesome. This next part, and I don't use that word often. Awesome, but it is. Just as the Titans about to clear the nebula anomaly. Warp has been just about literally on the dot, fixed and repaired. Um, the Shrike finds them because it's tracking them. Like, that makes sense. Now, for anyone that's played Half-Life, there's a gun on it called the Portal Gun. And then there was a game called Portal from Half-Life, right? This yeah. gun does the same thing but supercharged. And it's what was used on the Starfleet Recruitment Center. It forms right. a big portal at where it's fired at so that whatever goes into it or whatever it's in its path is sucked through or goes through and comes out somewhere else. Now you saw that in the first episode where star, the, 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 the building was here, it crumpled into the portal and then to the right, the other side of the portal came, uh, opened up and the remnants of the, the building came out. Right. right. So the same thing happens here, essentially. Uh, Vadik says literally fire the weapon and that's where the the pincers of the ship if you want focus along with the deflector to push out this like pulse weapon and, and i swear to god i guarantee you gray terry metallis or the writer of that episode loves half-life and has played portal i guarantee <laughs> it man i guarantee it right and he's when it's a good, good weapon and do you want to know something? It's a bloody good weapon. I'm I'm glad finally we don't have the oh tribolt device or something that's illegal. And I just want something different. And I've used their imagination. This isn't yeah. a weapon per se. It's a weapon. It's how it's used. And we'll get to that right. later on as well. Uh, so literally, it fires the weapon just as it's about to clear and about to punch it to warp. Fires the weapon in front of the ship. It's too late to turn out the way. The Titan goes through it. Now, if you remember this bit, Gray, we get a different camera angle of the Titan go through. Yeah. And just as it's almost through, the other side opens. You see the Titan coming through, but you still see the end of its nacelles going through on the left-hand side. Now, right. talk about that. Your thoughts. How cool was that scene? Oh, no, it was great. I wasn't expecting that to happen. So as soon as it goes in the portal and pops back out right in front of the Shrike again, it's kind of like, I did notice one thing, though, mm. that apparently whenever they use the portal, this portal device slash weapon, <coughs> uh, the other portal opens up very close to where the original was. It yes. happened when they destroyed the, uh, the Starfleet headquarters because it appeared only like, what, half, half a mile away? It was, it was really close. It was close, definitely. Yeah. Same thing here. So that may be the, a weakness of it right there. Maybe. We'll see yeah. if that's exploited, but it can't. And then probably because it takes so much power, it can't really generate another portal like far away or anything. Yes, this uh, is true. And Gray brings up a good point here about power. It seems to be that she fires off like two, three charges, not 
kind of close yeah. to one another. So power for the shots is fine. How far apart, it, you know, if you've ever seen Stargate, I'm not saying it's probably the same idea as a Stargate, to be fair. It's not as if it's millions Similar, of I guess, miles yeah. apart. It's, they are very close, as Grace said. So they try. They do this not only once, but twice, because Rikers like LaForge try it again, spin round, you know. If you don't try first time, it's okay to try a second time. Now, I would have thought you would be evasive manoeuvres, sweeping about and moving about, like right. you do in a video game when someone's trying to shoot you. You do the serpentine. You don't go in a straight line. I thought that was a small downside, Gray. But I, I thought they, so too, because I was waiting. I was waiting the second time for Riker to say something like, you know, right, come maneuver, hard, le- hard, <laughs> hard left, yeah. or something, because the portal's not going to move. Yeah. So why can't you just, you know, now? More than likely, it's because the mass of the ship is too big to turn in time, and the portal itself was off was pretty big. Yes, um, but but maybe that's another loophole because if you can veer the ship off to the to the side to miss the portal, they're not going to have time to generate another one, and you probably could warp away. So we'll see. The, the right the the Titan is a big ship, and maneuverability might be an issue. However, the reason not as big as the uh, Sovereign and. Yeah, and and D. So yeah, the reason it's got so many, it's got it's got more impulse manifolds in the back, right? It's got four, right. which is more than it's. That's most ships have two. It has four. It's designed to be more maneuverable. So while right. I buy that it can't, as soon as the portal appears, the portal is designed to appear right in front of it, so nothing can get out of the way in time. But I, I think my point and what Gray was saying as well was. Riker should learn from the first time that you're literally getting it to serpentine, move about left, right, so that he doesn't know where to fire the bloody weapon. But it's just a small thing. It's a, it's a plot, yeah. plot thing, you know, it's whatever. And it yeah. made it cool. It's not enough to, to ruin the episode, yeah. but it yeah. is something going forward that I'd like to see them get around. Yes. Literally get around. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we both love this weapon, Grey Knight. Something new and cool for Star Trek. Portal gun. We'll call it the portal gun. Now, we're back with Worf and Raffaella. All that. That make her less hated if I call Raffaella? I don't know. Yeah, man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, they fi- the, the find and capture the, the bad guy from the planet. I don't recall his name just because... Titan something. I, I really don't care what his name is because who he turns out to be is a lot more interesting. Uh, mm. And they're, they're interrogating him and <laughs> there's talk of Rafi doing this, that, X, Y, and Z to him and, and Warstress. Like, Listen, the pacifism line came in and it was like, this is not where we do things anymore. We do things nice. Rafi comments that she's going to bring up her chamomile tea because she's a bit disgusting by right. this. Um, <laughs> Which I love, but look before before literally um, uh, captured. Uh, I was getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited, guys. Sorry. Worth the guy to actually catch him in the first place because he corners the bad guy and literally it's like something at WWE picks him up and woof slams him to the ground, like half knocks him unconscious. The worst slam. Yeah. <laughs> now I missed the. I don't recall when the line was before, but as they're about to disappear, Worf turns around to Rafi and goes, actually, beheadings are on a Wednesday. Because Rafi, it's a throwaway comment, Rafi said earlier on that, you know, like, oh, beheadings on a Tuesday or something like that. And this is the comeback to that throwaway line. That is funny, smart writing. Yeah. I like that because Worf's got that dry kind of sense of humour, doesn't he, Gray? 
Oh yeah, definitely. It, it was it was the timing, the, the or the comedic timing, so to speak, was just perfect. I mean, they had already done the line. You already heard the line, and then he and then he delivers the set the the comeback line. It was and it was perfect. De- deadpan, deadpan, like just yeah, Michael Dawson. like he always does. Right, <laughs> his sense of humor is not the laugh. He just delivers the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the headings are on a Wednesday, <laughs> <laughs> and that's his sense of humor. That was him as a character being funny. That's the best thing as well. Um, so the the Titan is uh, again taking a beating here as the the striker is smashing it up pretty pretty bad. Um, Jack goes to actually speak with Seven and Nine at this stage, which I thought was really smart. He asks the security guard to go in and speak to her. Uh, and he, he tells Seven about this breadcrumb idea he's got. He's like, basically, what would cause that in the ship? And you can see Seven's uh, mind starting to move and thinking what it could be. And she goes, it's deuterium. And it's what uses to, it's used to house the warp core. So maybe some insulating kind of thing. That's what could be used. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. That's how the strike is able to track them. Um... <laughs> so they have to get out and action this plan of theirs. They open the door, Jack just goes bang, knocks out the security officer, to which Seven says, Yep, you're insane. I like that that's little a, life from That's Seven. the second time he's had to do that, by the way. He's, 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 got, he's got a good, he's got a mean uh, left or right hook on him, whatever he used, like, eh. on, done. Um, so, yes, I did like that. I was a big fan of that. Um, now, they do track down this, like, great. Um, this is the first signs we get of who, what's really truly going on. It's sabotage, uh, phaser, a phaser, which is what phaser. happens when you cross a phaser with Fraser the TV show. I can't yeah, speak. It's gone. TV show. You're it's doing gone. good. Keep <laughs> it up. It's going. It's going great, man. It's it's all coming up Millhouse. Um, <laughs> sabotage from a phaser shot. Say that ten times quickly. Yes. Um, <laughs> now. I note here, was this the guy keeping an, R, an eye on Picard and Riker in the barn episode one and then on the dress down in episode two and who was standing beside the officer at the back of the ship looking for the, the, the ship? Gray notes here, yes, it is. And yes, it's confirmed. It's the dodgy geezer, isn't it, Gray? Um, yep. now, and we'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, yes. Very, <laughs> very dodgy. Um, now, this happens quite a few times. Picard's wanting to attack Riker. Sorry, sorry. Picard's wanting Riker yeah, to no, attack. No. <laughs> By the end of it, he might want to attack him. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Um, he's want- I mean, it's not like him, actually, Greg, because uh, Picard's very, from what we know in the past, he's more. he would act more the way Riker is acting now. But it seems to yeah. be right. Yeah. Picard's been a bit... Silly and not his usual being tactical more, uh, self. Yeah, being more violent than normal. Yeah, and it's because his son's on board, but you'd want to save your son, but obviously he doesn't. He's he's wanting to have a go. Uh, Riker's having none of it because he's like, listen, we're outgunned. We're a, a exploratory vessel. We're not... He actually says to Picard at one point, this is not the Enterprise that we're on. This Enterprise would turn around and stand its ground. Pro- possibly. Probably. Um, oh, yeah. So I do like that. Now... They're having a bit of a ding-dong, and it's a bit of heated this debate. Neither me or Grey likes this. We do right. not like seeing our two favourite characters 
basically having a go at one another. I was not a fan. I, I, I'm assuming you were not a fan of this at all, Grain. It gets worse. No, it was. It, it starts escalating and getting a little bit, you know, out of character from what we're used to. And they start getting, ang- you know, kind of angry at each other. And I'm like, yeah. you know, uh, so it started to rub me the wrong way a little bit. But I kind of like, all right, whatever, you know, things can happen. Um, now, as we see later in the episode, uh, it gets worse. But for right at that point, it was kind of like, I, you know, whatever. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not ideal at all. If something comes out of it at the end, story-wise, that's that's good. Okay, I'll take it. But right now, I'm not enjoying it. Um, it's not something uh, Gray or I are used to, to be honest, or any Star Trek fan, to be honest. Um, the guy, the, the officer, the dodgy geezer that um, we saw keeping an eye on Picard Riker before, catches up with Jack in that room. Don't know how he knows he's there, but he knows he's there. He comes after him um, uh, and punches him, knocks him out. His respite thing comes off because this gas that's coming out is not good for him. Seven of Nines goes to find another place where a like leak could happen as well to split them up. Jack's on the deck. He's struggling to breathe. Uh, he looks like he might right. he might die. Um, and he is pretty messed up at this stage here. I thought something bad would probably come of this, to be honest with you. Uh, now, the bet I got slightly carried away with that was true, was when they're grilling uh, Rafi, uh, Raphael and Warford grilling that guy back on the ship again. It looks initially like he's having drug withdrawals and Rafi's kind of waving something in front of him like, I know what it's the like. drugs in front of him, right. You know? Would now, you like this? Yeah. See this stage, Gray, right? I didn't jump the gun. I generally thought he was a junkie or, you know... Yeah, he, that's what I thought. I, yeah, I thought he is going through withdrawals and she's playing a smart yet cruel thing on him by going smell the drugs you know so um and we're thinking at this stage here we might get the information we need out because he starts giving bits of information out but Mm -hmm. or he gives out too much jump the gun a little bit here it goes it switches a lot between uh let's say the titan and the last arena as well so jack now at this stage here is uh lying seriously injured on the on the deck um pretty messed up Riker actually then tells him at this stage go go to Picard like he knows what it's like go so now Riker Gray feels what sorry Picard feels what Riker did back in the day with that 17 seconds and in fact it will be bang on 17 seconds because it's the same bloody ship but it's like a refit version of it so 17 seconds to get down to uh, sick bay and you can just see it's like that kind of time almost kind of pausing kind of thing taking forever. A card gets in there and Jack's heart stopped. Many resuscitations from Beverly trying to, here we go. And I thought, can't kill him, man. They can't, they can't kill him off I, that soon. I, I was th- kind of wondering because I was thinking that they were going to maybe kill him kind of like in Wrath of Khan when Kirk's son was killed. So I don't know which way it was going. It could have went either way. They they had me surprised. I didn't really think one way or the other. And then, of course, he in the last second, he was okay. He does. He finally, just at the last minute, does start breathing again. There's a sigh of relief from Picard and Beverly. But I thought, man, I, I, they took it close, man. They took it real close. Um, and then, let's say, they jump back with, with Rafi and um, Rafaela and Worf again. Um, and they notice... 
I didn't notice this initially, or I noticed, but I didn't put two and two together. Great, his voice started changing. The the bad guy, the the guy getting yeah, you know, a little bit, yeah. getting all this abuse on him, and I'm like, what's wrong with this geezer? And then he's, you know, he's he starts saying some things, and his face changes a little bit, and it's what yeah. happened. It's what happened when Jack gets punched out because Jack gets a punch back on that dodgy geezer before he's taken out with the sheer strength of this other guy and his face kind of liquefies a bit yeah yeah and then i'm starting the the, the hamster wheel in my head Every, everything is to coming together yeah as soon as i saw the guy like you said when jack was punching i go like wait we've think, seen this did before you, do you think changeling then though when oh jack yeah punched him yeah when out, i saw yeah. that yep yeah when i saw that i was just kind of like but they kept it moving so fast it was kind of like you don't have time to think about well, it I, I, you're kind of like uh I, I've seen that before, you know, and then the next scene, of course, yeah, we get it confirmed. Yeah, the, the, so the the next scene is brilliant because, let's like, say, the voice is changing. It's it's what Worf says though. It's Worf knows knows very well what's going on here. He literally grabs him by the head as if to like try and shake some sense out of him, and then he just turns into liquid here. And then Ooh, you're like, yeah. change looking for that's where Reich, uh, uh, sorry, Worf tells Rafi what he is. He said, "Listen, a good friend of mine." Uh, Odo from back in the day um, told me all about Nightmare Attack. You know, yeah, we we all there. knew who he's talking about. People out there may not know because he didn't mention Odo by name, but he basically just said a, a a good friend, you know, a changeling friend. You know, we knew all of a sudden. Oh, okay, uh, Tommy was going a man of extreme honor. He said, "Tell me what happened," and so I've known about it. Yeah, and I was he, just like, yeah, he knew. Um, at this stage. Riker, the, this heated debate between Riker and Picard like, actually starts elevating to this point where I'm really not liking it at all. Riker tells Picard to literally just sit down and he's captain of the ship. Like, very stern. I was like, here, I'm thinking to myself, really, really harsh, Grey. Um, but it's switching between these scenes, maybe a bit too fast, actually, Grey. So this is why it looks yeah. like it's all over the place with the notes here. It's not. This is literally yeah. how quickly they're switching between them as Grey can tell. Um, I, don't, I, don't bl- I don't blame... Riker for you know for the most part in telling Picard to sit down because he is the captain you still gotta you still gotta honor the chain of command and this yep. is how it is yeah he's the captain uh Picard is not the admiral in this position he's number one he's retired as well mate you know, otherwise the Picard would have authority right. over him right exactly so yeah. I don't blame him for that part of it but like you said then the then the argument started getting really really heated I mean vitriolic and stuff and they're like going at each other and stuff and i'm like it was and i don't know it was i was getting very uncomfortable yeah so you know was I. the whole thing so i just i'm just but here's the problem with this is that it, it brings up a problem for me because if it's not handled correctly it could really it end could up ruin things on us yeah it, it could take their review for the season down a point or two like if, if they keep this i hope yeah. it's just a small I'm, thing and they work it out I'm going to hold back the fact that they've done a lot of good things in the writing, so I think they're going to want, things are going to come out. around. They'll work it out. Right. And go, Listen, we right. work better together as friends, and the the cog and yeah, yeah, yeah. But even despite that, I did think they probably overdid it a little. I mean, I Slightly. get it, but it's yeah, I yeah, don't know. true. You can make a point without going that far. Um, so at this point, Worf is literally telling Rafi the whole deal about. The Dominion War and basically Odo, who Armin again, uh, he's got a French name. I apologize, the actor's name, but uh, Rene uh, Aubergeois. That's it. Thank you, mate. Very, very well done, man. You're, you'd be good with the old French. Um, 
Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he must come from that part of Canada. Uh, but, but yeah, he he is was uh, brilliant in Deep Space Nine, and I just put rest in peace here because the actor's no longer with us. Um, but he's the great friend that he's talking about. Peace was solved right. with a great link, um, and this is why the guy, the bad guy, is like dissolving. He has to go back into liquid form to basically recharge himself, but he hasn't been able to the whole time because he's been bloody captured, so he doesn't want to give the game away. Um, So I like that little touch. Very, very good. Uh, The changelings are back, which we love, Grey, if it's done properly. Now, you think, why are they back again? Dominion War was all, you know, wrapped up, or was it, like... Odo tells Worf there's a small faction that don't think the war's over, that they're going to do stuff, watch out. So Worf kind of working with Starfleet, kind of not. Contractor, as he calls himself, yeah. knows something he called, himself a, he called himself a subcontractor. Yeah. That, was of, that was part of the thing. I was laughing. I was going like, okay. And it was a little comment about his clothing earlier on where uh, we're talking about yeah. blending in, Rafi and Worf. And Rafi's like, Worf's like, you're not blending in, you've got like this hood up and stuff. And she goes, What? Like talking about the, the guy in the, the military gear or something. He's like, it's not military gear, it's casual wear or something like that, you know. And he go she goes, You're wearing a Klingon war uh, outfit. Well, he goes it, yeah. He goes, No, this is Klingon casual. <laughs> Klingon casual, that's it, man. Yes. And I'll go like oh, I was great. He's got the bat left on it. Klingon casual. Okay. He's not. He's sticking out like a sore thumb, but that's just worth for you. Um, so yeah, when we saw these changelings looking like they're coming back in big style, Ray notes here, it's kind of equivalent of Can returning, and I know what he means because yeah. the changelings were such bad guys in the latter half of Deep Space Nine that they yep. could be up there with Can level. Now, how yeah, they tie it in, really is. How they tie in with Vadic, with, with I don't know. I don't think she's a changeling, but we, maybe she's just working with them. We don't know. But it will come together at some point and we'll find out. Oh, remember when the changelings were at their height, they had all kinds of people working for them. That's now, true. the only thing, but, 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 in, in that particular scene, they had a lot of people working for them that were dependent on drugs. Oh, a, what was... Not not everybody, but a but a lot of their their muscle was they they, what were they basically called? I forget now. They basically bred them to be dependent on drugs. The Jem Hadar, Jem Hadar, yeah. So that's not that's not what's happening here. So yeah. I, my guess is that that this faction probably infiltrated all kinds of things and probably had plenty of money to pay people. I don't think she's a changeling because she, well, there's no record of who this lady is before. So why would they copy someone? That they know nothing about. They don't need to do that. So I think she's just got the same agenda, and she's up there. Just a theory. I might be wrong. Yeah. But anyway, we're all, we're almost done there. We're kind of just wrapping up here, um, yep. right at the kind of last part here. We're mentioning that the changeling on the ship. This is a changeling on the ship that took Jack out. Now there's a couple at least that we know of. He goes, okay, you fixed that an issue. Issue. Is it about to go to warp again? He de- detonates a bomb. A, a, a bomb. A bomb, a bomb on the on a power line going to the warp assembly, and it cannot no warp again. Surprise, surprise! Right. Um, this... I thought that was great because they had the warp; they were going to use the warp; they were going to get out of there, and all of a sudden, boom! Just at the right moment. Oh just crap! No warp. Timing, again. timing, man, timing. Yeah. Um, so the power's gone; they can't warp. So then that's when Picard's saying, listen, let's fight now. 
and Riker's just right okay so the titan turns around to like square up and i'm like yes come on you're going to get your ass kicked i know you are titan but i just want to see you you know do something like how did he do you actually have phasers man come on so <laughs> the titan fires off several torpedoes now i had no clue this was coming and i should have gray i was blind soon as these torpedoes are fired off towards the strike the strike mm-hmm. fires its portal gun to where these torpedoes would be or near the, t- the titan and the torpedoes go through the the portal the other side of the portal opens the torpedoes come through and you just see striker go off oh, for <laughs> he right, knows it's coming smash three four torpedoes hits the titan and i'm thinking shields up three or four torpedoes is enough to make you dead in the water small well, they're already having issues yeah, maybe true. but they're already they having issues so and they got pounded I mean, it, it didn't blow it's, up, it's but it pretty much made them. Right, they pretty much made them ineffective, though. They were just kind of like floating. But a fresh ship shouldn't be three, four torpedoes should not do that. But yeah, you're right. They've been through the water a bit with the strike. A, a bomb just went off, cutting off a lot of their power. So yeah, okay, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll let you off, Terry. Um, and now what you see here at the end is the ship is dead in the water as it slowly starts rotating into the center of the beast or whatever it is we, we don't really know but the, the, the anomaly biological thing in nebula the the, yeah. the 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 beef between Riker and Picard right at the end this was uncalled for this but completely even as far as writing goes and we'll get to our final thoughts at the end right. it was unnecessary because Riker turns around to Picard and says remove yourself from the bridge Oz you just got us all killed. And Picard, Picard goes off like the old frail man in the first two seasons, great, at this stage. He looks like he was the boy that just been given into trouble. And I'm thinking, yeah. Riker, I love you, but right now you are a dickhead, sir. Like, I don't know. What's your, what's yeah. your thoughts here at the end? You put some stuff down here, Gray. I, I thought it was way too harsh. I mean, first of all, he's he's blaming, he's basically blaming Picard for the fact of the, the, the fact that they're all going to die. But... That's not a Riker thing. He doesn't do that. It's not. Bad exactly. writing. Bad writing. Wait a minute. Riker's a changeling. Don't you dare say that, man. I'll fly oh. forward and slap you. <laughs> you say that, man. You don't know anything. That's, this cool. is why the story is so good. Now the changelings are involved. No, I don't you know don't. anyone but him. Even bloody uh, uh, But anyway, the, but the, let's just say for, for right now, we're not going to, we'll put that aside. Yep. Uh, he didn't need to get that harsh i mean he really got harsh and first of all it, it wasn't just picard's fault right it was both of them that's Riker's so, the commanding officer i'm sorry it says right Paul. exactly so don't don't give me that crap i mean you know now maybe it was you know in the heat of battle and they're all gonna die sometimes you say stupid shit or whatever so maybe that was it yeah i'm gonna you know but the, at the same time now that they, it's already done and they did it I'm telling you, man, whatever they're going to write to get out of this, they better do a, a proper job of it. Uh, you know, yeah. and of course, a quick way to explain it would be as he's a changeling, but I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> we'll see. A changeling but, can't copy your thoughts. It can copy who you are. So, true. True. so I don't so think that's going to be Riker it. was acting like Riker before this point. Now, let me go back to what I had said before. Yes, about the they, anomaly. Two, two to three times they kept mentioning that the nebula has biological signals. First they go, oh, it's a little weird. It has some biological signals. Oh, Nobody I know really where you're going with this. Of it, right. right? 
And the second time they go, biological signals, and I've never seen anything like this before. Okay. And now they're now they're mentioning it again, and they're going, they're heading into it, not knowing what's going on. All they know is it's a gravity well, and they're probably going to die. So I have no idea how the writers are going to handle this, but I think it's it's a wide open story right here because now they could actually be falling into an actual life form, to which the life form itself, whether it does it on purpose or doesn't, could end up saving them. Yeah, because it's not a typical nebula. It could be a life form that says, "What's this? A ship? Eh, I don't want it," and spits it out. Which you happened know? in Voyager, something similar, by the way. So right. Right, so there you go. And they have said, and we have seen, where there's been callbacks to Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Remember in the trailer, Grey, I covered the, the final trailer they showed, and it looks like everyone was getting orgasmatroned on the bridge of the, the Titan. We haven't seen that here, but there was like the <laughs> yeah. biological readings, the flashes, but they're all uh, like... Oh. Yeah, yeah that, that, and I'm that's like, a good... What, what is this, like porn Star Trek or something? But No, no, now, now you make a good point. That's probably the scene now where they enter into the episode. alien, wherever he is. So um, yeah, this could be interesting. I, I think their behaviors are getting affected because it's biological. Riker would never act like that, and Picard well, would, and wait, Picard would never act like that as well, mate, because he wouldn't be right. so reckless. Thoughts? Now I got That's another. It. I got another good one for you. This right. and this extrapolate a little more. So let's just say that the life form is Moriarty. Hey, <laughs> what? How Remember does that work? Moriarty. Moriarty was sent off to be whatever happens to them and goodbye and that was it. So he's had all these years to float around and do something or develop into something or I don't know, maybe, maybe this could be Moriarty. A whole bloody nebula. How does he, he's a hologram man. How no, does no, he no, 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 no. He's not a whole bloody nebula. He's the, he's the life form at the center of the nebula. So it could have something to do with the fact that Moriarty is part of this thing. Oh, the worst idea I've ever heard. I think it'd be cool, if it, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. Because there is a scene where we all saw the scene where they do walk up to a some kind of a computer-looking console thingy jig, and that's where they talk to Moriarty. So I don't know where that scene's coming in from, but we'll, you know, we'll see. We and could be wrong. And it's still. the same. It's the same lighting as the orgasmatron ray that they get on the bridge of the Enterprise, kind of, the Enterprise right. Titan. Look at me. So yeah, right. Um, I'll be interested, Gray, for sure. I'm looking forward to the next episode. So we'll wrap up there. My final thoughts were, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I should have probably done a brain made it an 8.5 because, ah, yeah, the, the beef there. If the beef's explained, it holds as a 9 for me. I just thought it's a great continuation of the story. The portal weapon mm -hmm. is genius. Um, the cat and mouse game between them. The strikes a formidable ship and Vadika love is a baddie here. Um, I didn't like the beef between those two, so it's not perfect for me. Greg, your right. final thoughts on that? Yeah, my final thoughts are pretty much the same, which is why I did an eight point five kind of thing because of the because of that beef not being natural enough. Yeah. Um, there is one thing we forgot to mention during this episode that was interesting. They were saying that the portal weapon, I guess as we're calling it, uh, is a diversion, and there's something worse. How do you get that. worse than that? That's what I thought. I was like, wow. I know. And uh, apparently this worse than that was stolen from the Daystrom Institute, which is where Raffi and Worf are going. Yeah. So yeah. my thoughts exactly. I'm going like, well, this portal thing can, well, it's not strictly a weapon per se. It, yep. it can mess you up. It's and a, now there's something worse than that. I'm going like, oh my, what, are, the they, what are they talking about? The portal weapon is a means to an end. 
use right. their own as it them. can be a weapon. But yeah, so I reckon they will meet up at some point in a lot of them. But Terry did say that the whole crew won't be together for the whole series. It'll be later on, or the whole season. It won't be. It'll be later on. You'll get uh, maybe get an episode or a couple of episodes. They're all together, which is a shame. But it just builds up the excitement more for when it comes. So, yes. I don't know if it's true, but I but I have heard that the entire cast doesn't get together until episode six. We'll see. Yeah, and that and that's and that's fine if done correctly. Don't get them together right. for the sake of it because that's just cheap writing. But in Terry, we trust. Um, so yeah. yeah. We both loved that episode. Uh, yep. It's continuing on very well. I'm just a bit fed up with the beef here and the continuation in this bloody nebula. They better get out in the next episode because that's just yeah. no. But anyway, yes, thank you all for your patience. It's been a long one, but we like chewing the fat here um, on Star Trek. So we'll be back next week for episode four. Four, yes. Um, and But until then, uh, do your thing, Gray. Live long and prosper. Like and subscribe below. Cheers. Bye. Bye.